0: Welcome to the Mum Boss Podcast hosted by me Renee O'Neill. I'm your host, life and business coach for mums and a mum of two myself. I'm here to help you be the present mum you're wanting to be whilst also having a successful business because you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You have come to the right place if you're a mum who dreams of time and financial freedom and wants to be fulfilled in life alongside motherhood. This podcast is a place where you can come to be inspired and empowered whilst also getting tangible tips, advice and strategies to help you in your life and business. So let's dive in. So welcome back to the Mum Boss podcast. I am very excited because I have a very special guest, which I'm excited for you to meet and get to know if you don't already know her. So Coco, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Renee. So good
0: to be here. So good to have you. So I'd love for you to share a little bit about who you are, what it is you do and what your business is all about.
1: Yeah, of course. Who am I? Well, today I'm probably a different person than I was yesterday and that I'm going to be tomorrow. But in essence, I am a mother and a business owner, and I love business. I have uh, seven businesses that I'm a shareholder of, and I continue to grow them. I've been in business for 20 years and I have failed many, many, many times and lost a lot of money, but I'm still here doing the thing and playing the game because that's what I love the most. So I'm here to really. be real about what it takes to be a mother, to be a business owner and the real, the realness behind what it takes to, to get to potentially where I am or where I'm going.
0: Oh, I could not love that more. I think, you know, realness and authenticity is something that needs to be spoken on more and more. And in particular, I think as mums in business as well, because it's not always easy and it's not always this, (laughs) amazing path to success there are so many highs and lows and ups and downs so I absolutely love that I guess for the mum that's listening that's in that down period that's in that low at the moment and is feeling all the feelings what advice would you
1: have for her Look, I'm a new mum. Uh, my daughter's 17 months old. So I'm really new at this mother thing. The business thing is a little bit easier for me than, than the mother thing. But what I can say and what I have given myself permission is that, and, and reminder, is that it's a, everything's a season. Mm-hmm. Whether it's in your business and whether it's motherhood, you know, like I, just as I find my feet, Ariana changes. And I'm like, well, this isn't cool. Like, but it's the same thing with business. You know, you have different seasons in your business. And so there's weeks where I'm like an amazing mother and there's other weeks where I'm a really crap mother and I'm acing at business. And so I just give myself permission to, to just be in those seasons. You know, this morning I left the house at five or six, six o'clock and, I received a text from my husband saying, oh, Ariana really misses you this morning. And I'm like, thanks, mate. Like, you know, but it is like he meant well and it wasn't a bad thing. He was just being real. And in those moments, I just have to like honour my feelings and then also remember that I really love what I'm doing. Um, And I, I feel that when you do love what you're doing and it's not a drag, then it takes that guilt away. Whereas if you're doing something because you feel like you have to, then those, emo- those negative emotions probably, you know, pop up more and are more of a drag. And, and so that's when you really feel the polarity of like, I really should be at home. Whereas I know it's kind of like they say, you know, happy wife, happy life, happy mum, happy life, you know? Mm. It does make a difference, I think, when
0: the work that you're doing is something that you are passionate about and that lights you up. And I think in business, of course, there's still going to be moments where it's hard but you still have to have that passion behind it. You know, that reason why you're doing what you're doing still needs to be there and help anchor you into those moments where you are in those downs because they do happen. And, you know, for someone like yourself who has such a vast experience in business, I'm sure you can attest to say that no matter what stage in business you're at, there's still going to be those moments that come up.
1: I had a moment like that this week. Yeah. You know, I was telling my best friend, oh, you know, I had a moment of like, what am I doing this for? I'm investing so much money in my personal brand. That's one of my businesses. And, you know, educating women in financial literacy. I've I've invested six figures in the last three or four years. And there's days where I'm like, why do I continue to do this? Like, I could just have that money in my bank account. And then, you know, and that's this week. And I've been doing it for 20 years. So, you know, when you look, I find these days with social media social, and the internet, you know, it can give us so much inspiration, but it can also give us so many reasons why to, to hate ourselves or to be really hard on ourselves. And I, I just want to invite you, the listener, to really think about all sides where life has all sides and where there's lightness, there's darkness. And so when we're seeing someone in, in their light, and we're seeing all the things that, that, are, that are happening. There's also the darkness in their life. So I know that, like, when my business is thriving, there's something in my personal life that's being taken away. It's just, it's, it's, it's just the energy of life. It's just the dynamic of life. And so there is always one. There can't be one without the other. Mm. And I'm not saying that you know someone has a thriving business and it has a bad personal life. That's not what I'm saying. But there's always. Something has to give. So, like today, I'm having a a full day. I'm away. I probably won't get home till seven eight p.m. And so today, I'm I'm focusing on my business. I'm focusing on my friendships. I'm focusing on myself. Uh, and I could feel guilty about the fact that I'm not going to be home. And I could feel guilty about the fact that I didn't get to see my daughter waking up. And I probably won't get to see her going to sleep. But at the same time, I'm prioritizing my businesses, which is also really important to me to show her that she can do whatever she wants. She's allowed to have time away. You know, I've got two hours booked in at a spa this afternoon with my best friend. And that's okay. And I did have a tiny, teeny moment, one minute of being like, oh, I should just get home so I can spend the afternoon with her. And i actually, I've been working really hard the last few weeks. I really deserve this. And so, uh, when we can really invite the polarity of life, and when we can invite it to just be, I feel like, for me, definitely once I've, I've accepted that, it just took everything away. Mm-hmm. Like it just—it was just a big breath out.
0: Mm, I love that so much because I think you know we can easily get caught in a trap of comparison where we look to someone else who maybe is more successful in business or, you know, they're portraying this outlook of this put together mom who's doing it all. And, and you can feel in that space of lack because you can look to that other person and feel like you're not measuring up. And I think then that brings all sorts of feelings up. Mm -hmm. But one thing I really want to touch on and, and go back to that you sort of shared on was how you've been investing in yourself. And, you know, as a coach myself, I'm forever investing in myself and I too have had moments recently where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have been pouring, you know, my time, my energy and resources into my business and, you know, growth in myself, which obviously has a flow on effect with business as well. But there've been moments where I've too have been like, you know what? Would it be easier if I just went back to a nine to five where I could just walk in the door, do the job, walk out, and you know, that is it. And like you said, the money is still in my bank account too. And I'd love for you to speak on, on this investing side of things, because obviously with the business background that you've got, you know, you have invested along the way. And of course, there's always a payoff from that, but it can be a scary leap of faith to make that investment, and especially when it's personal development because it's investing back in yourself as well, which I find, you know, a lot of women that I work with, they find it really hard to invest in themselves
1: and and give them something that's just for them. The hardest thing I find with that is that we feel like we have to justify the ROI, the return on investment. And so because we can't see it straight away, because we can't justify to our partner the return on investment that having a coach is having, you know, I was in my my background in corporate was human resources. And so I had to forevermore every day, you know, justify to the leadership team why human capital and why human, a human resource team was the best ROI that they were going to get in their business. But I couldn't quantify it because how do you quantify behavior? How do you quantify a leader becoming a better leader? You can't, and so on a balance sheet, on a PL, we couldn't really associate the the, the direct ROI from the investment on, in human capital to their bottom line. And this is exactly what happens to us as individuals. I have two things to say about the personal investments and the coaching industry. Firstly, I feel, like I said, that the ROI takes a lot of time. I have invested millions of dollars in myself, um, also millions of dollars in my businesses. And I can guarantee you that I, you know, it's like, Um, planting a tree, it takes years to to get fruit from the tree. And it's exactly the same thing with your your coach or or your personal development. However, what I'm finding is that the industry, the coaching industry is preying on a lot of individuals. And so potentially if you're hiring the wrong coach um, for you because you're, you're buying into their marketing rather than what's actually right for you, you're buying into the FOMO, then obviously there's that really, um, that, that there's an anger that sets in around the relationship and around what you've been given back. And then we don't, we're so focused on that that we don't see the ROI. But when you're planting seeds, you're not gonna see the return. You know, my personal brand, I started in 2019, I'm not seeing the returns and, and you know, the engagement in my audience, I find within two to three years, and that's any startup, you know, a lot of startups are not gonna see or not be able to draw a wage for the first three to four years. And yet we expect, we're like, we've been doing this for 18 months and I still don't have money in the bank. As long as you're breaking even, and no one is talking about this, you know, we're talking about, I make five fingers a month, I make six figures a month, and I'm am so amazing. And the reality of it is that if you are breaking even, you are like killing it. No one talks about that. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we want to be able to say like, I'm successful. I'm telling you, if you're breaking even within the first two to three years of your business and you start giving yourself an income in year three or four, you are killing it. That is killing it. So, you know, if you are starting a business or you're starting an endeavor purely for the money, don't get me wrong. I love money. But if you're purely doing it for that, you're going to burn out within six to 12 months because you're not going to see the money straight away.
0: Yeah, I feel like the money can't be the driver because there are yeah. easier ways to make money than potentially
1: having your own business. Um, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, with seven businesses, I pull, you know, I I make high profits, but I don't I don't keep any of my profits. It goes back into my businesses. I live a very like a lean lifestyle, so that I can continue to feed my businesses. Now that's my choice. I'm not saying that's what other people yeah, like. You should do, and that's the thing. We all have different ways of operating our businesses. Yes, there are key principles that make a successful business. There are key principles that allow you to. Um, sorry, my best friend's here. She's like, yes, keep going. <laughs> um, there are you know certain key principles that are um, that are key in building wealth. But ultimately, you know, I teach women to build wealth and create the life of their dream. Or, You know, it's it's all fucking wanky. But really, like, build your life based on your intuition. Yes. Because at the end of the day, you know best. And so when I work with individuals, I I work with women, I don't give them a formula. I don't have a PDF, like step one, two, three. And people hate that. But I'm like, I'm not going to give you my steps because they're my steps. And my steps might not work for you. And the more that we try and trust ourselves, so it, we're, we're playing this blame game of I got this coach, you know, she was going to give me all the things and then I was going to be successful because that's how we're marketing to women. And it's super detrimental. The more that we can learn to trust ourselves, you know, when I work with individuals, I'm like, look, this is what I've done based on my experience in the last 20 years. I've tried all the things. I know this doesn't work, this didn't work, but that could be also be me, my limiting beliefs at the time, who I was at that time. If you did do, go down that path, I would recommend asking these questions, having these conversations. But I had to go through all of that to get to where I am today. Yeah, It doesn't mean that because it didn't work for me, it's not going to work for you. And that's why I do not like formulas. If you work with me, I'm super high level because I want to give you the choice We outsource way too much because we don't want to take responsibility. And it's so easy to point the finger and be like, well, you know, Renee was my coach for 12 months and I've stopped working with her and she was shit because I've got nothing, like, I've got no return in my business. Obviously, that's not Renee. But, like, I'm just, you know, right? And it's so easy to blame anyone. Whereas it's like, hang on, you're the business owner, your coach, your marketing agency, your administrator, whoever is on your team they're just consultants. They're doing what you give them to do. You're the ultimate decision maker. Mm. You make the decisions, not anyone else. If Renee gives you something or allows you to explore something, if you don't agree with Renee, then don't do it. Follow your intuition. She's had her path. I've had my path. I love hearing other people's stories. I love hearing other people's stories. But at the end of the day, I pick and choose what works for me in that story. Yeah, I think that is a very
0: important thing to be spoken on because it is easy to hire somebody, in particular a coach, and think that they are this magic unicorn who's going to solve all your problems and exactly what you said, they will give you the exact step by step process to make that 10k month that everyone keeps going on about. And oh my God it's just an interesting thing because there's so many variables that come into account here. It's not just this one strategy, one size fits all situation. It's like, there's so many things involved. And I think, you know, trusting our intuition whilst it sounds easy, it's not always easy,
1: is it? It's It's actually funny. I just did a post this morning on trusting your intuition and and I gave three steps, you know, it's like, start with the small things, so, you know, when your intuition's like, it's a sunny day outside, but I I really think it's going to rain this afternoon. Take the fucking umbrella. Mm. You know, even when it doesn't make sense, take the fucking umbrella, you know, like we have to, or, you know, that 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 vase that's on the table. I think the cat's probably, I don't know. I feel like the cat's going to spill the vase. You know, it's, it's stupid shit like that, that we hear and we don't listen to. Start with those small things. And then start like, Keep a diary or on your phone notes of like when you noticed your intuition said things and you didn't listen or when you did listen, because then you can take stock. And when you get the bigger hits, you're like, I didn't listen with the pot, with the vase and the cat spilled the vase. I didn't take the umbrella and it rained. You know, they're silly examples, but they're they're real. Or I didn't take that extra nappy for the baby. And I knew I should have taken three nappies and not two. You know, but we're like, oh, that's silly. And then if we're not listening with these little hits, when our intuition's like, don't take that client. Yeah, they're throwing 20 grand at you, but don't take that client. They're going to be a nightmare to work with. But we're like, oh, it's $20,000. I really I really need the money. And then that customer ends up taking so much of your time, which means you're not making any other money. They end up ruining your brand. You're like, just listen to your intuition. I've done, I say this guys, because I have lost, you know, nearly $7 million by not, by not following my intuition. Mm. Again, I, all the steps that I share with you, I had to do that to really go, okay, she actually knows.
0: It's interesting the the intuitive hits you can get from time to time when you start leaning into those small things, like you said, with the vase and the cat, you know, the small things, because once you get used to really starting to listen and be aware of these things, then the bigger stuff comes. And I know, you know, classic example is, you know, when you're in the shower and you finally have that moment of just no noise, potentially there might be kids in the background, but, you know, (laughs) you're in the shower, you've just got the sound of the water and you will get these great ideas or these little sparks and they are your intuitive little hits that are coming to you that you need to pay attention to. And I think in business, it can really help us navigate and go through our business and because we are the ones in charge we're the ones calling the shots and making the decisions our intuition is like our our little assistant helping helping
1: us you know navigate it and and I we we grow we've grown up and we are in a society that wants the black and white right so when we talk about a mother's intuition no one questions it no one questions it but when we speak about our intuition, like I know for me, I was in business 10 years ago, actually, um, with two men. They were older than me. I had put them up on a pedestal, and but I had a ton of experience in the property industry. I had, you know, by that stage, eight years, nearly 10 years experience in the property industry. And I remember we were in meetings. We were all shareholders. We were all equal shareholders. Making decisions and me saying I don't think we should do this, or I don't think we should take that deal, or I don't think we should build this way, and them saying, "But why?" I'm like, I don't, I, don't, I can't give you an answer, and they couldn't hack it. It had to be black and white, had to be scientific, and me being super self conscious, being like, "Yeah, they're older than me," you know. I never pushed it, and now I look back and I'm like, oh, you know, that, that business I exited because I, I, I'm so glad I trusted my intuition. They ended up losing five million dollars because. At the end, and, and it's not I told you so and I was better than them, but my intuition knew at the time and everything that led the, to their demise was all the th- things that I had said. And I couldn't quantify it. I couldn't explain it. But because it's not black and white, because it's not scientific, I was deemed crazy. So, you know, again, don't feel like you have to justify your intuition. Also, if you feel like you have to justify your intuition to your partner, how can you start to show them the little things? You know, my ex-husband one um recently, or last year, or the year before, I text him. You know, we've been divorced now for nearly 10 years. And I text him, we're still friends. I text him and I said, Hey, is your cousin pregnant? I just had a dream. Is your cousin pregnant? And he's like, Yeah, she texted me yesterday and she's pregnant. I was like, Oh, amazing. Like, that's so cool. I'll give her, like, I'll text her. And he goes, and he never trusted my interest. You know, we we're together since we were 15, like, you know, went through all this, all the shit. And he finally said 10 years, like 10 years on, oh, yeah, I remember how on point your intuition was. You know, like now I get it and I see it and I, you know, acknowledge it. And I'm like, man, I only took you like however long. But, you know, like for so many years, I, you know, I was young and dumb and whatever, like didn't back myself. But again, like don't feel like you have to justify yourself. And if you feel like you have to justify yourself to your husband, to your partner, whatever, just, just start to say things out loud. Even my best friend and I, I know recently, we started this two years ago where she she would say to me, hey, I'm just going to say this because I sound crazy. So I'm just going to say it. And then when it happens, I'm not crazy. And that we have this thing now with each other where we tell each other these things because it's true. Then you, the crazy woman where you're like, oh, I thought that already. And then everyone's like, no, you didn't. Like, don't pretend, no, you didn't. You know, and you're like, but I did. I swear, like i I swear, I. You know, and all of us have different ways that our intuition comes through. People are like, but how does it feel? I'm like, I can't tell you. Like some people see things, some people smell things, some people hear things. You know, mine is in my body. I have this specific feeling, and it's like I just know, and I just don't question it anymore. So explore, like just, just explore it. And again, like I know we're supposed to be talking about business and money, but let me tell you, when you can master your intuition you will like it's the biggest breath out Mm -hmm. and you know today I have a full day I've got a couple of meetings that have been cancelled and I could be like oh my god and I'm like actually I kind of wanted that to happen you know just like start to admit these things to yourself no shame no like you know you know when you're late or you like wanted to cancel something and then someone cancels the meeting and you're like oh my god that's so good I didn't want to turn up to that thing Like just start trusting a little bit more, you know, and when you can exercise that in your personal life, the things that happen in your business, you give yourself more time. You know, I started having, um, I used to do like one one month goals, three month goals because I was like, oh, I need to do all the things, but I put so much pressure on myself. Now my goals are like 20 years, 25 years. So I'm like, if I'm sick for a week, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's all good. Because I'm in it for the long, I'm like, I'm not, what's my alternative? I'm not doing anything else. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Sorry, that was a huge rant, right?
0: (laughs) I love it. it. Welcome to my brain. It's interesting because the intuition piece, it does have a flow on effect, you know, however we're feeling in our personal lives does have a flow on effect into our business. And we can still have this very, you know, different role, you know, personal life, business life, but that interwoven in a way. you know, how we're feeling in our personal life does have a difference on how we show up in our business. And so I think you know in in sharing of t- touching into your intuition and being able to take note of that on your personal side, You'll slowly notice it play out in your business as well, and and what an impact it will create in your business if you're able to trust yourself. And I think that's the piece that goes alongside intuition. It's it's then you start trusting yourself, and then when you're in that space, you show up in your diff in
1: your business so differently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, put yourself in your business's shoes for a moment. Imagine that it's a person. Imagine that it's your partner, your best friend, your child, and you're like, you must perform in six months. If you do not give me $10,000 a month in six months, then it's like, we're done. Like how much pressure is that? Mm. Would you want to be under that much pressure? Would you run away? Like, it, you know, it's very like, we we really don't put enough emphasis on energy. You know, there's so many books out there that speak of someone doing something in a in a, in a room and someone next door, reacting to what's happening in this room, even though they can't hear anything, even though they can't see anything, the energies are transmuted between the rooms. And so imagine if the rooms were your personal life and your business life. Let me give you an example. I have lost money twice over. I haven't really gone into my my story, um, but I've lost money twice over. I was multimillionaire by the time I was 23, lost it at 27, rebuilt, lost it again at 32. How old am I? I'm 36 in case you were wondering, because I'm always like, I wonder how old that person is. Um, So there you go, I'm 36 and I'm rebuilding for a third time. But the reason, one of the main reasons that I lost everything is because one, I didn't trust myself, two, I didn't follow my intuition and three, my energy was fucked. I was, I coined myself a shit magnet. And when you are in the space of being a shit magnet in your personal life or in your professional life, it went everywhere. Shit was happening in my personal, like literally I attracted all, like it just never stopped. And I was in constant fix-it mode. I was really good at it. And so I had to like really work very, very intently to break that cycle. Mm. And some of us love being the victim. It's our story. It's how we connect with each other. I really invite the listener to look at the next time they speak to a friend or how do you guys connect? is it through the things that go bad for you or is it through the good things? Start to observe how you connect with people. Start, start, and it, that that will tell you exactly where you're at. Now, so as I said, I had to work really intently to stop being a shit magnet. And, you know, it, again, it's like planting the seed and, and giving myself permission. If I started a conversation with someone, Renee's like, how are you going, Coraline? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, had a really shit week, da da, da 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 and then I'd be actually. I'm just gonna, just I'm just gonna stop there, and I'm gonna give myself permission to reframe. And I'd say, actually, Renee, that's a lie. That's, that's just my story. I'm so you know when we're like, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, and then we ask each other like three times, and we don't even realize it's like programmed into us, right? So give yourself permission. Like we're so embarrassed. Oh, if I change my mind, people are gonna think I'm crazy. No, actually, they're gonna think you're really brave and courageous to be able to call yourself out and not be embarrassed and say, actually, that's a lie. That's my old programming. What I meant to say is it's been a really busy morning and Ariana's had a tantrum, but I'm here and I'm so so stoked to be here. I'm so stoked to be out of the house, not with her. Hmm. Like just own it. And slowly, slowly, as I started to reframe, as I started to speak differently, as I started to change the narrative, because some of us, we are trauma bonding with the people in our in our in our world and so all they know is speaking to you about all the bad things that are happening in your life and we don't realize it it's not even labeled as bad it's just your life the dishwasher didn't work this morning so i had to do the dishes for an hour so i was late at work and then i got stuck on the train with some fat slob next to me that was coughing and sniffling and i'm probably going to get sick now you know like you know we all know the narrative let's own it And then I got to work and there was no coffee. So I was late and my boss screamed at me because I got to work 45 minutes late. Oh no, how can you reframe? Have a laugh, the dishwasher didn't work. So I decided to do the dishes that morning instead of when I came home, because you made that choice. You didn't have to do the dishes, you could have just left them. You know, like it's just all these little things. And then like Renee said, See how when you start to change, what happens in your business? One day you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, my God, I made $10,000 a month. And I did nothing differently other than change the way that I thought. Mm. So I
0: guess, you know, we haven't talked about your story. <laughs> Half an hour in. <laughs> so I'd love for you to share. I mean, you've touched on it. You've touched on on your experience in business, you've touched on the fact that you have created such amazing success. And then you did share that you've gone through stages where it hasn't been like that. So when did you begin your first business? How did you make your first dollar?
1: So I have always loved business. I've been fascinated with money since I was a little girl. Um, It was pretty much squashed as a young girl. So I kind of like, you know, Yeah, it kind of lay dormant there for a while. Um, When I was nineteen, I, my 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 ex husband actually, his family was really in a lot. of, He came from a single mother, so neither of us came from a silver spoon background. But we had this goal together that we didn't want to work as like hard like our parents did. So his mother was single um, with three children. My parents were small business owners who slogged it out all the time, and we decided we had a goal that we wanted to be retired by the time we were 30. So we, his family had, you know, um, Italian background. So property, that kind of stuff, Um, you know, moved to Australia and did the hard yards and um, we were like, maybe we explore property. And so we purchased our first property when we were 19 and um, it was a small unit in, in Brisbane. And that's how we started our portfolio. We both had jobs. So I was, I had three jobs. I was in uni full-time, studying three degrees. He was, he had a full-time job and we just like got our first deposit together, bought a small one bedroom unit and then it went on from there. And by the time we were 23, we were multimillionaires Um, and then we separated at 27 and and in like in coincidence, the market, so we had about 15 properties and we had about four properties in a specific um, market that were not performing And so I brought the entire portfolio down at the same time, you know, I had to give more than 50, like 50% plus probably a little bit more to him. I bought him out of our business. He went off and did his own thing. And, you know, I was so, I left my corporate career and I was so scared that I didn't get, I didn't stop. I didn't give myself time to really reconnect with myself. So I was like, even though I was leaving the hamster wheel of corporate, I continued to do that because I was so scared of like, how am I going to continue to do the things? Now, no regrets. Looking back, probably should have taken some time, downtime to like regroup. And I didn't, and that's okay. Um, So then I, I rebuilt really quickly, but then it led to again, because I wasn't doing the inner work and I was a shit magnet and I didn't believe in myself and all that stuff. I repeated the cycle. And so, you know, I had no one around me that had made that much money. And so it was easier for me to break it all down and rebuild to what I'd already rebuilt, then break through the ceiling. And I see that now, you know, it was all subconscious. Um, In the moments I didn't, I was like, why am I not like, what's wrong with me? Why is everyone else making it and not me? You know, I was, woe is me and I'm doing all the things and I was doing the journaling and I was doing, but it was all surface level. I was doing the meditation. I was, you know, doing the morning routine, doing the nighttime routine, you know, and it was just all, bullshit because i was just doing it but it actually had no effect on me because I, I i wasn't being poked and prodded as i like to say into what was really happening inside my body and you know when i started really really doing that in 2016 it turned out I was like super angry, super guilty, had so much shame. And until I really dealt with that, then I was really able to tap into my intuition and all of those things. And now really in the last two years, I would say, I feel like I'm coming back to myself. And I still know it sounds woo woo. I know it sounds really high level. And if it doesn't make sense to you right now, it's okay. Like for so, so much, I would listen to all these podcasts, read all these books. I'm like, I get it intellectually but I don't really get it. So that's that's me and I'm rebuilding now and I'm really passionate about supporting women uh, in understanding financial literacy because obviously I have seen so much, you know, I've been through bankruptcy, liquidations, and I, I understand so much, so many intricacies that a lot of people, even professional accountants and lawyers would never see or be exposed to. And so... I see that for a lot of women, you know, they're so scared to even look at their bank statement or their credit card statement. And so how can we really lift the lid on that? Mm-hmm. And then um, also, you know, working at a level with, with with young children, daughters. And so I'm founding a non-for-profit called The Daughter Economy. Uh, we're launching next year and, and really making an impact not only to women, but then helping them, you know, impact young, young children, young daughters, because the more that we can impact our generation, but the next generation, that's when we're going to see changes.
0: Mm, Oh, how incredible. You have had such a journey and I love that it's brought you to this point where now you are creating something that's going to have such a huge impact on so many people because it's interesting, isn't it? I think money conversations too, quite often how we have been brought up, the people we were raised by, whatever their money mindset has been, we adopt all of that and so for you to also work with children you know what a great start they're going to have in life being able to tap into their mindset the thoughts that they're having you know change change the
1: paradigm that they're going to step into that's incredible thank you i'm very excited i had the, the first meeting for our board of directors actually for the daughter economy this morning. So we've got some big things planned. I've got some Epic women from around the world participating and really believing in this cause and yeah, some big things to come. And, and, you know, this is going to be alive beyond me. You know, when I'm no longer here, this is going, it's, it, it's going to be a living organism and that's what we're building it to be, to be self-sustainable and to make a difference all over the world.
0: Mm that legacy piece is, is something that, you know, would be very fulfilling for you as well, that you've got this thing that you're going to leave behind. And obviously your daughter, you know, who knows what the future holds for her, but you know, how proud she'll be to have a mum that has created something so amazing. And I think that's one thing when as parents and as, as mothers, you know, it's, we want to, We want to inspire our kids and show them a future that we might not have known that's possible. And I think that, you know, that is definitely something that you're doing not only for your own daughter, but for other people
1: as well. I also want to speak to that a little bit because, you know, I hear so many, or I used to hear so many people working on, you know, what were they going to leave behind in the world? And for me, I was like, I've got nothing. I'm just doing my thing. I'm, I'm growing businesses and, uh, I want to make money for my family. It's as easy as that, you know, and it's taken me this long to really find something that's very meaningful for me. And so, again, like, please don't compare yourself if you're the listener. Don't feel like, you know, your business doesn't mean anything. If it doesn't have a legacy, like, don't worry about it. You know, everything evolves and everything is a stepping stone to the next thing. And you're never going to know what the next thing is until you take that step. So, you know, it's taken me 20 years to get here. I didn't know that this was a thing. I didn't know that's what I was going to leave behind. I did, I wasn't even, I didn't even care for that kind of stuff. But as I've kept stepping forward, you know, it'd be so easy for me to like be in a corner in a stray jacket, being like, I'm such a failure. I've like tried all the things and it still hasn't happened, you know, but it's like, you just got to keep going. And if you're there, you know, if you're really buying into all the stories of, Retire your husband, you know. Make all the the figures per month. Do the thing, you know. In twelve months, your business is going to turn over all like it's bullshit, guys. You've, it takes time, you know. Even Warren Buffett, you know, Sarah Blakely, like all of all of those big names that are making lots of money. It it never happened overnight. And even if they are an overnight sensation, if you look into their story and you you follow the breadcrumbs. It's never happened overnight. I, mean, I have not met one person who has been successful in whatever capacity because some people's success is not about money. When you actually sit down with them and have a, co- a cup of coffee and you hear their story, you're like, oh, wow, like you, this has been 10 years in the making. Like this, you've really been like watering that seed and, you know, you're only bearing fruits now.
0: mm. I think it's like that analogy of like planting the seed with bamboo, you know, you plant bamboo in the ground and it takes years and years before it finally shoots through the ground. But when it does, it goes crazy. And I think we're seeing the bamboo growth. We're seeing, you know, this amazing overnight success, but the reality is that seed has been planted for many years leading up to that point. So we always have to be so careful with that. But I think one thing that I'm definitely taking away from this episode is really that leaning in and trusting your intuition and following, following what you are really lit up by and what excites you and the passion you have and taking those one step in front of the other, it will ultimately lead you to what it is that you're wanting. But I think it's possibly just having the patience along the ride and just enjoying the ride along the way as well. I think patience is, is a hard one for me personally. I am the world's most impatient person. And so business, business, <laughs> business can be hard sometimes because I'm like, no, no, I wanted this yesterday. And yeah. you know where is it? And I think, Patience is a hard one. And obviously you're somebody who you can recognize as being
1: a little impatient. I'm so impatient, but also to add to to your learnings and takeaways, I wanted to say, like, give yourself permission to change your mind. Because as I said, like one step, you know, let's say you're a coach today and you know, you do your coaching stuff and you, you do whatever, but then you might meet a client or there might be an opportunity that leads you to no longer be a coach and you decide to, I don't know, start a clothing brand because you met someone that inspired, like, give yourself permission to change. My man, we live 90 years and 80 years. You know, like, you know, our parents and our grandparents, they didn't change anything because they needed stability from what they experienced. But we live in a day and age where, like, your life is meant to, to, to be an experiment. And so a lot of us feel we we don't do the things because we're scared of the judgment that comes with changing your mind all the time but you have to follow the breadcrumbs and sometimes you have to do 20 things before you get to you know to the thing actually an example just came to mind when I had my property development business I used to um, raise capital so at one point I had a 70 million dollar property portfolio of projects And I raised about $10 million of capital. And one of my investors who contacted me like maybe three years after we had finished the project that we did together, he wanted to ask me a few things about that property project. Anyway, three years later, I was supposed to remember the details. But anyway, that's another story. Um, And he said, oh, what are you doing now? You know, like very corporate, very black and white, scientist, like does the same thing all day in, day out. Nothing wrong with that. That's his thing. Not my thing. And he said, oh, what are you doing now? And I said, oh, you know, I've got this business, that business. It's like, oh, I can't keep up with you. You're always changing your mind. Like you're always doing something different. And I w- I just didn't say anything. I was like, okay, like whatever, I don't care. But that's like the very old school mentality. You know, he's not far off my age, but he's in that corporate, you, you go to university, you do the things. And that, that works for him and his family, but he couldn't help himself but judge me for the things that I had done. And I'm like, you know what? I don't care what you think, but it would have been so easy for me to be triggered by that and then get into a narrative of, oh yeah, but you know, da 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 da. And I just went like, silence, guys. Silence is like golden. He was so uncomfortable. I didn't, I didn't feel the need to justify myself, and I just said nothing. I'm like, okay, like how is this purposeful to this conversation? How is this? So I just said nothing. And then I just said, okay, so can I help you with anything else? Don't You don't have to justify yourself.
0: Mm. I love that, you know, it is that permission piece to pivot when we want to pivot, change when we want to change. I mean, one of the books that I really love is The Five Regrets of the Dying. Mm. Have you ever read that? I have, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's do you want to, you know, let's focus on the end of lifetime. Do you want to sit there and think, you know, I'm really glad I pursued this thing that I, you know, lacked passion in. I didn't want to do anymore, but I felt like I should do it. Or, you know, I was worried what people would think. So I didn't pursue this thing that I really felt like my heart wanted to pursue. It's like, we do only get this one life and and why not use it as an experiment to go and do all the things that we want to do. And who cares what other people think? And I know that that's so much easier said than done. I know it. I feel it myself. But you know, going after what you want and
1: you know, flipping the bird to everyone. Yeah, and just- and also when you're in those moments, really sit like sitting with afterwards, being like, what was triggered in me just then? Like why? Like you know, really constantly always being in self inquiry about is that your eight-year-old? Like, is that something that your parents said? Like really getting down to the nitty gritty of why did this happen? And the more that you can be in self inquiry, the more that you can let things go and everything just makes sense. You know, if I go back to a toddler, and I know we're going over time, but like, if I go back to a toddler, um, they, or a baby, they change their mind. Like they'll start playing with the Legos and then they'll go and grab a book. And then they want to paint, and then they go to the textures, and then they want to eat, and then they don't want to finish what they're eating. So then they want to drink. Like, we don't question it. We're just like, okay, you're just experimenting. And yet, by the time they get to four or five, we're like, no, you have like stop. Just finish what you started. Why? Why? And I know for me, being a very loyal person, I always felt like I had to finish what I started. And that was really detrimental. So you know, again, the more that you can, this is your permission slip. If you need one, I'm giving you one. This is your permission slip to just be yourself. And you're probably thinking like this has nothing to do with money or, or, or business, but it really does. And I say this twenty years in business. I'm a slow learner. Um, you know, mm-hmm. falling on my face more times than I can bloody tell you. And if you want a formula, that's your formula. <laughs> that's your formula. Your intuition and your your self-inquiry. You don't have to inquire about anyone else. Fuck everyone else. Don't, don't, oh, I wonder why Renee said that, right? You know, we do that very easily. But we don't tend to do it back to ourselves. Mm. So leave everyone else alone and you'll see that the more you the more confident you become, the more in tune you become with yourself. And the more that you drop in with yourself, all of that doesn't even matter. And you'll see how your energy changes slowly. The people around you will just naturally shift. You won't even have to have the conversations. It it will just, everything will just naturally shift, evolve. And one day you'll be sitting, having a conversation with someone and you'll be like, oh my God, how life has changed. I never used to have these types of conversations. Wow, pinch me.
0: Oh, what an amazing note to end this podcast on. Honestly, (laughs) I would love for you to share how our listeners can best connect and find you, because I have absolutely no doubt that people are listening along and they're like, I need some more
1: of this girl in my life. The straight talking Aussie. Um, I'm on Instagram. I am Coco D D E E. And uh, I'm, I've am i just started going on Twitter. I'm releasing a YouTube channel under the Female Financial Literacy Library. It's a mouthful, but Female Financial Literacy Library, which I've just started. Essentially, it's a library that is going to host everything to do with creating wealth and finances. And uh, I'm on Facebook under I'm Coco D as well. Uh, and all my, my links for my newsletter and all that is, is in there. So... Yeah. Come and say good day. Send me a DM. I'd love to. I I love to meet listeners and get to know your story because understanding women's stories and giving people a space to be able to talk about money. A lot of us don't have a space to speak about money um, because we're ashamed because, you know, blokes go to the pub and talk about money, but women don't. So come and tell me about your money stuff.
0: Oh, I love that so much. Well, I'm going to pop all the links in the show notes so you can easily go and click on that. And I would love for listeners to share this episode to social media, tag us both in it, let us know what your key takeaway has been. But thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm honoured to have had you here.
1: Thank you, Renee. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you soon. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm so grateful for you and super glad you've taken the time out for yourself to tune into this episode. If you love today's episode, then don't forget to hit subscribe so you can catch the next one when it's released.